All right, and welcome to the Men Up Podcast. On the podcast today, we have arguably the biggest fan of Men Up uh, and certainly the greatest guest we've had on the Men Up Podcast, the passion pusher himself. Lamar Womble. What's going on, Lamar? Not much, bro. How are you doing? And I'm feeling great. Listen, we just finished watching Game 5 of the NBA Finals last night. Now, you and I love the NBA, love our basketball, and, you know, we're, we're sort of on different sides of the of the game right now. And so I, I want to hear from you. What's your take on the NBA Finals so far this season? The NBA Finals has been awesome because... Uh, it's, it wasn't as predictable as it's been in years past. So the fact that, you know, LeBron wasn't there, Cooper wasn't there, um, you you didn't know what was going to happen. Um, and then also, uh, it's been unpredictable because the best player on the Warriors got hurt. And so you just don't know how that's going to affect uh, the series. And so I think what's proven to be the, the case is that the Warriors with Durant would crush the Raptors and the Warriors without Durant are just as good as just as good as the Raptors and so um, it's been a good series and I think that if Durant was playing fully healthy it wouldn't be wouldn't be close so it's been an interesting series to watch you know I think a lot of times when we get to the NBA finals we usually see teams that have been in the playoffs for two months they're tired they emotionally are probably spent uh, and as such, you know, there's sort of a, a, a chippiness to the series. But we really haven't seen that all this much uh, during this series. With the exception of last night, it started getting a, a little bit chippy there uh, between Fred Van Vliet and KD before KD got hurt. But we have seen some interference and just some negative energy coming from the, the fans of both Golden State and of Toronto. You know, in Game 4, we had one of the minority owners of Golden State interfering and pushing Kyle Lowry. Last night during KD's injury, we had the fans of the Raptors uh, cheering at first when he went down with that injury in the second quarter. So I'm just wondering from your standpoint, you know, what do you make of the fan interaction uh, in this series and, and just sort of... I mean, you know, 99.9% of fans, you know, are, are doing the right thing, are, are being respectful and, and just enjoying the game. But we have seen some negative energy in these playoffs from the fans, not so much the players. So what's your take on that? In terms of the, 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 the part owner of the Warriors pushing Kyle out, that, that is outrageous. Um, and, you know, I think sometimes we all make bad decisions sometimes. And I think, you know, do things in a split second, and then you think about it as a grown adult, and you're like, why did I do that? Um, and I, I definitely think, you know, that was one of those moments for that guy. Like, I'm not giving him a pass, and I don't think he should be let off the hook, but it was a moment where he probably thought about, like, what was I thinking? Like, what, why did I do that? And, um, yeah, man, I, I was listening to uh, Skip and uh, Shannon on their show on Fox Sports Net, and they were basically saying, like, if that was a regular fan, that fan would have been banned for life. But because this guy is rich and he's part owner, he's only going to get suspended for a year. Um, and I think that is messed up, and I think it's really the, the foundational problem around, like, the challenges around wealth inequality, but also just inequality in general in our country. Um, and I know that, that's 
surprised they were saying that like Drake was, you know, out of line or doing something that he shouldn't have been. Um, and I get that Drake's like a super fan, and I don't think what he was doing was uh, nowhere near as inappropriate as you know the corner of the of the of the Warriors. Um, but even Drake got was given a hard time for doing what he was doing, which was essentially nothing compared to what this guy was doing, and, and he's still gonna have the opportunity to be part owner of the team and show up after a year. Um, and I just think that's that's messed up. Yeah, I, I would argue quite honestly that if you're somebody who has whether it's minority or majority ownership in a team or you're in some position of power with a sports team that you should know far better than any general fan who's in uh, the audience watching a game. And furthermore, the the penalty for you interfering in that way with a with a player should be far steeper. And, and obviously we know the, the penalty is not going to be that steep in relationship, but, but it should be, right? Because it, it also sets a precedent, right? Like if you see somebody who has that kind of power and privilege uh, in a sports arena be able to to touch a performer, right? Because obviously all of these all of these people are entertainers uh, as well as athletes, right? But the idea that you're able to cross that line and, and put your hands on somebody when they're performing their profession, like if you don't have a steep penalty for that, that, that opens the door, I think, to bad behavior. So last point on the NBA here before we transition to young people and to them pursuing their passions. We've got Game 6 and Game 7 coming up. We're going to post this pot up, uh, hopefully before Game 6, definitely before Game 7 if there is one. How do you think this series ends, Lamar? Oh, man. Um, listen, there's no way I see Toronto losing three games in a row. But we one. said the same thing about Golden State several years ago. I, I know, I know. And that's why I think, I think Toronto still wins, but they have to win it. They have to win it in Game 6. If it goes seven, I don't want to see the Warriors in Game Seven. I don't want to see it. Yeah, there's there's part of me that agrees with you here that Toronto needs to close it out in Game Six. Otherwise, if it gets to Game Seven, Golden State could likely win this series. I do think, however, it is a tall order to ask Clay and Steph to go out for two more games and have to be the primary scores and score a lot too. This team needs to get to at least a hundred points, both games. And that's a tall order for them because they've shown that other guys on the team just don't have the ability or aren't in the position to score the kind of points that they need in order to get over that hump. So I think the Raptors still eke this series out. That's real. I think think that is the game changer. If they can hold those guys down, um, they should be able to win. And they've already won twice at Oracle. So they're probably going in there like, we got this. One final point here that you were talking about a little bit is this idea of narrative, right? And what I think is really interesting is that NBA players and other players across various leagues is that they're showing more and more that they can be involved and excited and passionate about multiple things and that's okay. That you can be both an athlete and a musician, an athlete and an entrepreneur and an activist, right? You can be all of these things. And think about what that does for young black kids and young kids in general that, like, they need, we need our athletes to not just shut up and dribble. You know what I'm saying? Like, we need our athletes to do, to be diversified. We need them to have uh, degrees. We need them to have businesses so that they can show the kids, because there's so many of our kids that want to just be athletes. And it's like, no, like, you can't be an athlete and you can do all these other things as well. 
And so as you are developing yourself, young person, you also need to be developing business skills and you need to be developing teaching skills and all these different other things that these athletes are showing is possible. Well, basketball is just something we're passionate about and love to talk about, but we are by no means experts or sports commentators, critics, journalists, whatever you want to call them. Uh, But one of the things I want to talk about with you today is that it's summertime. Obviously, the NBA playoffs are going to wrap up here. Sort of a slow season for, for sports, as the summer typically is. And our young people are going to be going in to summer vacation time, a time where they're pursuing jobs, they're having maybe a little bit more fun. Obviously, they're not in classes. How could the summer be a really powerful experience for our young people out there, the majority of our listeners, to really start to further understand or pursue something they're passionate about? What tips do you have for our young people for this summer to really be seeking their passion and leaning into their passion? Yeah, man, listen, it doesn't matter where you are uh, in terms of you know being a young person. If you're in middle school, if you're in high school, you're in ninth grade or 10th grade. You know, for me, you know, my freshman year after I graduated, or excuse me, after I got done with my freshman year, like I worked in a elementary school as a janitor, and I spent the whole summer just like cutting lawn and like cleaning the bottom of the desk and and, and just, you know scraping gum off the floors in this elementary school, and you know it was just it was a job. It was the first thing that. Uh, I was paid to do, and from it, I bought my first car. You come to a point in time where you know kids just have more access, um, and so they 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 got to know what they're passionate about first. And you know, when I was 14 in 1997, you know, nobody was really talking to me about my passion. That's some really powerful advice. I I want to go back to something here because we have just stumbled upon a discovery and a similarity that you and I share. So when I was 14 and 15, I worked summers as well as a janitor in my local elementary and then high school. This is something you and I have never talked about until this point. We've known each other for six years. That's hilarious. I mean, that's crazy, right? Like we grew up in two very different parts of the country, right? Different experiences, obviously. And yet one of the things that I think that was really great, at least for me, with that job over the summer is it really presenced me to the idea that you're going to have to deal with some shit in whatever job you have, right? And so that job, I can remember vividly having to scrape wax off floors in elementary school rooms. And, And it was wax that had like throw up and other stuff in it. And I remember that presence me to like, you know what, whatever job you have, there's gonna be some elements to it that are just terrible, right? That that you're cleaning up messes, literally, right? Or you're having to deal with things that like frankly you don't you don't wanna deal with, right? And and even though I wasn't passionate about being a custodial staff member or doing that in any sort of way in my professions moving forward, that that mindset building there that like whatever I'm doing, I've got to be willing to deal with some shit and clean up some shit has been foundational since I was 14 and 15. Ain't no, ain't no question about that. Like it's it the foundation for me in terms of work ethic. Um, period. And that, and that, that takes a lot. And I was going to add to, uh, to what you were saying around just having the experience of having to do those types of things. You as a young person coming out through the summer, you, the bottom line is you actually just need to have experiences. And, and I tell kids the 
on if you're passionate about something unless you have an experience with that thing, right? So like, you have to experience it in order for you to decide, did I love this? And did I love how this felt? And did I love doing spending my time this way? Or did I not? Um, and by experiencing things um, is the only way that you can make a decision if you're passionate about it or not. You know what I mean? And so that is why just exposure to as many things as possible um, in the summer, uh, even if it's through school or through your parents or through church or however you get to it, um, is so vital that you just don't know until you actually do it. Yeah, you don't know if you love something or you don't love it until you actually just do the damn thing, right? Yep. advice for our young people and all people frankly right whether you've got a nine to five this summer and it's your 30th year working it or it's only 30 days that you're working it because it's a summer job the idea that have experiences right and use those experiences take something from them so that you can apply it to whenever you find the things you're passionate about whether they're profession or not before we let you go Lamar I want to know from you, as the passion pusher, you are always somebody who is making sure you've got something in your life that you're pursuing that you're passionate about. So this summer, what are you doing that you're really passionate about? Well, I am, uh, you know, one of my long-term goals and dreams has been to, um, you know, go out as a full-time motivational speaker and, um, this summer, I'm more than likely uh, going to be making that transition um, here in the next couple weeks and over the summer um, to being able to speak around the country um, and, and make enough money and sustain myself full time uh, doing that work. So that's like the big, big thing that uh, is, is sitting front and center in my world. Um, and then also, um, I'm writing a, a student leadership book. Uh, called Legendary, um, How Student Leaders Become Legends. And that book is uh, directly related to my experience in college, uh, which I just have uh, deep, deep feelings about the college experience and, and what it can bring to your your life. Um, and so the book means a lot to me, um, but also we dive into all these different uh, strategies and uh, skills that allow student leaders to become uh, phenomenal leaders uh, coming out of high school and into college. So those are like the two big things on my mind. I mean, it sounds like you're going to have a great summer, a productive summer. No travel though, for one. That, that, I mean, that's how I normally would be spending my summer doing some major travel like you. Um, but uh, word of advice for the people out there, you know, sometimes you got to take a step back in order to take a step forward. Um, and I need to um, prepare myself for some, some financial situations that I want to be able to help me in the long run. And so I'm going to take the short-term loss uh, in order to add the long-term gain. Lamar, you always give us some real gems, some real powerful things to walk away with here on the Men Up podcast. So we appreciate you, we love you, and thank you for being a part of the Men Up community. You already know. I appreciate you um, having me on, and I'll be, I 
love you as well, uh, for, as, as a brother and a friend. Um, and whenever you need me, I'm here. So holler and uh, let's go Raptors, man. Get this over with. Let's go Raptors. Raptors. Till next time, I'm Christian Shabu, and this has been the Men Up Podcast. We appreciate y'all.